Surprisingly, we have a lot to talk about, which is perfect because this is uh, what they call a talk show. Including grandparents' top mistakes on Facebook. (laughs) That's a real thing, by the way. (laughs) I mean, it also happens to be just perfect, if you know what I mean, but... But, uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> you sports in America? No? Oh, that's right. We're going to talk about that now, more or less, right? Yeah. Vincent isn't here today um, and won't be here. If you didn't hear us talking about that, uh, we'll talk about that again coming up a little bit. So, clear that up for everybody. Unlikely. Um, what? Unlikely, Unlikely we'll clear it up for everybody. <laughs> okay. We'll clear it up for most people. I hear you. I'm just quibbling. So the whole, I'm a quibbler. The whole youth sports thing... Um, I will, if my, if my kids get into a particular sport and want to play it and it's really what they're into that that's fine with me and I will, you know, I'll back them to an extent. I'm not willing to do anything they want to do, but you know, if that's if that's what they want to make their passion, I'm fine with that. But I got to admit that since I've known some families where they got a kid who's really into sports and I've known families where the kids aren't really into sports, that second one looks better to me. Mm. Just looks easier, looks more manageable. In a lot of ways. Easier. So, so, so if, that's all you care about. So I think it's... What's easy? <laughs> I'm sorry, are we into quibbling mode yet? <laughs> so if I get to... Cho- if I had to choose one or the other, I, th- I think I would f- I would choose the latter. Yeah. That my kids are kind of like, they tried a couple things, they weren't that into it. I think I would choose that rather than, than the other. But So this uh, story in USA Today... I mean, I've known people whose kids are pretty good, and then this, so they, they do travel team. And I've heard once you get on travel team, then then that is that is your life every weekend, maybe year, maybe year round, depending on the sport. That is just what you do. And if they're really into it, okay, that's fine. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I'm not sure I want to do it. Right. But so USA Today with these numbers that are amazing, 20 percent of U.S. families spend more than twelve thousand dollars a year per child. So more than a thousand dollars per month. That's Year round per child, per year per child, twenty percent of families pay twelve thousand dollars a year per child on uh, youth sports. So that'd be over a thousand dollars a month year round. One one out of five. Eighteen mm. percent of people, so roughly another one out of five, uh, fork over five hundred to a thousand. So that's forty percent now that are spending five hundred or more a month per child. And then, um, so that's a lot of money. Wow. And and time, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, roughly one in ten spend uh, over $1,000. 11% spend over $1,000 a month. 8% send they spend $2,000 a month. Well, you're getting into a big chunk of people. Wow. You get a lot of money, too. Congrats. Um, yeah. So it sounds to me like you got easily over half of families spend 500 or more per month per child on youth sports. So I was crazy into sports guy as a kid and a teenager, and I kind of hope my kids would, at least one of them, would be the same because uh, it's fun. I love just, I love the games. I love watching the games. I love coaching the games, et cetera. Um, but I was so relieved in the end that they didn't really have the interest slash excel a lot because I saw what you're talking about. Families whose entire lives were run by juniors, uh, baseball games, or or soccer games, or whatever, um, lacrosse. I've, you know, I've it. known some people do the travel soccer thing, and man, your your entire Saturday is uh 
is you're going somewhere with the soccer team and watching soccer games all day long. And there's plenty of overnighters, too. Part of that yeah, oh yeah. cost is hotels. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it talks about that. Equipment, hotels, uh, driving, flights in some cases. Um, and, and again, if you're into something, you do it pretty much year-round. Oh, my buddy of mine, his, his daughter... She's actually started college a week ago, and she's on an athletic scholarship. She did and does excel. And he said, one, the way they they break down your body and don't seem to care. Speaking of that video that we uh, were talking about a week or so ago, that girl at cheerleading camp who was being pushed down to do the splits and screaming, please stop, it hurts. That got so much attention. Wow. He said his daughter spent all her high school limping around recovering from some injury, and you never get a chance to recover because it's year-round. And everybody, all the coaches do make it clear, no, it's not mandatory that you do the year-round, but everybody knows that if it comes down to, is it going to be you or you who starts? Well, they're going to go with the person who went to summer uh, camp. Right, or gets the last slot on the the team or whatever, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you should say what you're saying about injuries and all. This is a lam- limited sample size. It's anecdotal evidence, which isn't very useful. But, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now, I've got two kids through college and one just starting, and I've known plenty of people sending kids to, to college, uh, a, decent, a handful of them on athletic scholarships. For every one of them who accepted the athletic scholarship and is playing, I've known, I'd say, one or 1.5 kids who turned down the scholarship and said, Dad, I don't want to play anymore. I hate this now. I'm just playing because this guy can't stand this anymore. So it's at least as many got what the parents dream of, the skills, the reputation, the, the you know, whatever, and, and said, I don't want to play anymore. So, I don't know. You raise your kids however you want, but... I just I, worry I, about... Go ahead. I worry about getting sucked into it. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. And then the momentum just carries you down the road. And then we would all agree if we were going to reconvene 30 years from now, when you're 40 and I'm 150, um, that we wish we hadn't done that. Jack, there are two kinds of people in the world. There's salmon and there are... I don't know enough about fish to know a fish that always swims with the current. I wish I did, because that was unfolding is a great metaphor. What's a fish? Somebody find a fish that swims with the current. What does a bass do? Anybody know what a bass does? Trout. We'll go with a trout. I think we're getting off track here. No, we're not. So there's <laughs> there's salmon and there's trout, and and the trout, uh, presuming trout swim with the current, they just they get. I'm sorry. Only dead fish swim with the current. <laughs> so you got salmon and dead fish. No, but they just get swept swept around by the society around them, and they never question it. I, I must point out that when a, a huge chunk of our listening audience were youngsters, and I'm not talking infants, but youngsters, NFL players had jobs in the off season as milkmen and car salesmen and and, and street sweepers or whatever. Ted Williams sold insurance. Yeah, exactly. Because sports, even the highest level of sports. If you were the best in the world. Right. Who still are are every bit as good as the best in the world right now. You know, Bob Gibson could strike out Giancarlo Stanton, you know, a fair amount of the time. Anyway, um, at that point, the NFL, Major League Baseball, was not such a big deal that these guys did it year-round. Okay. So now we've 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 transitioned. That's we've, a good point. We've slid and slid and slid to the point where we got god darned eight year olds who are 
for whatever reason, their lives are molded so that they appear to be the professional athletes of today. That's to me. That's crazy. It's not been a long time uh, that that transition took place over either. It's just exploded though. And and you ask anybody, any responsible expert, and they'll say you got to give your kids three, four months a year off of whatever sport. Have them do something different. It's way better for them. But please, that that opinion is getting shouted down. Yeah. Boy, I mean, I, even if you want them to quote unquote earn a scholarship or they'll really great, they're really great, or they could go pro, whatever. Even that being the case, I think you're making a mistake having them play year round. Now, I'm going to run into somebody in the next week who's going to say, "Hey, I, I I heard you talking about that, and I totally get what you're saying. I mean, yeah, it's true, but you know, my kid's really good, and they're the coach really been. Then they got you know, if you don't play winter ball, you know, you know, the high school team, blah blah blah. And I'm all right, fine. Okay, I can, I, I can see. I I don't think I'll have to deal with this situation because they have my genetics. So that's going to hold them back. What a blessing. Uh, what a blessing. But um, my kids got my wife's genetics and they've disappointed me. <laughs> Where are the trophies? Where are the accolades? But I can Where's see the praise that kind of infers I get the credit for your achievements. <laughs> Where is it? But I could see how you'd get sucked into it, even if you were just kind of good, because then you've got the if you want to be part of this. I think if you want to be part of it at all, you got to be all in. Yeah. You're either yeah. you're either all in or you're out. I don't think there's much in between. It doesn't seem to me in the modern world. Well, and it's societal slash tribal because the people who are quote unquote into it are often the upscale people, the impressive people, the achievers. It's they got the good looking kids. They the crowd cheers when their kid does something good. You know, blah, they got the shiny uniforms. They got the big banners. They got all the accoutrement of of uh, achievement. You know, but, you know, I hate to be judgmental, but I think if you're spending a thousand dollars per month on your kid to play youth sports, you're crazy. But um, I stopped playing hockey back in the day because it was, was going to be about four hundred dollars for the season, which adjusted for inflation is probably about a grand. And I heard my parents talking about how tough it was going to be and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, nah, I'll do something else. They feature this kid in USA Today is doing year round golf. He's a really good 13 year old golfer. Um, and they said they uh, they don't they don't put money into their four hundred one k anymore, and they had to move into a smaller house. Okay, that's you know, I'm not doing that. So his uh, golfing making, career is now their retirement plan. I, I don't. I'm know. gonna make Junior sign a contract. You're supporting me when I'm old, Junior. Sign here. Oh, if you're making any assumptions that your kid is gonna become a professional and make money, then you're really out there. You're really getting out there. Oh, man, I could give you a list of the kids who had the talent to make the pro tour but got burned out, freaked out. They were surrounded by high-pressure dad, and they built a team around them, all depending on Little Junior being a successful tour player. Kerblooey. So we got a viral video where it seems like to you the police did go too far. Is that what you're saying? I would say that understates it uh, by 90%. Okay, I want to hear this story coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I finally think I've picked up on this. He he kind of starts a conversation with me when I see him in the morning, and then when I actually start to talk, I very quickly get the sense from his body language he doesn't actually want me to talk. Oh, oh. He says, like, how you doing? And then I serious, how was your weekend? And then I seriously, well, you know, I kind of, and then I can tell right away the oh, look on his no. face. 
He's going into it. He's going to tell me? <laughs> I was just exchanging pleasantries. What is this guy doing? Although I've got to, the, the judges need to leap in here. You, you outlined two very different things there. What's that? Two very different gambits. How's it going? He doesn't How's ju- it going? Always deserves. Eh, good, you. Yeah, he doesn't just do it. He's like, how was, how was your Labor Day weekend? How you was your weekend? No. I still shouldn't answer? That No, that is an inquiry. That is <laughs> the beginning. Of, that is not pleasantries. How's your weekend? Well, wait a minute. How's your weekend? Eh, that's a wobbler. Good Labor Day weekend? No, eh, that's the beginning of a conversation. Well, I started to answer, and I could tell by the look on his face, oh, God, you didn't think I actually want to know about your weekend. If they ask Jeff, <laughs> good weekend? Yeah, yeah, you? Yeah, that's just... Pleasantries, but if you specify, how was your weekend? Right, right. Mm, that's complicated. You're cutting it pretty you thin. Have there. fun this weekend. That's in it. No, that's completely different. Ninety percent of communication is nonverbal, Jack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, it's pretty clear. Maybe from stick his with that ninety percent. <laughs> he doesn't actually want me want to hear it. Right. So How's I'll, it going? I'll stop talking to him. Give yeah. him a double thumbs up next time. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Or a high five. <laughs> So it's kind of funny, uh, the Armstrong and Getty family of fags is, is somewhat um, uh, involved in this story. Perhaps you're aware of it, uh, most likely you're not. Uh, there was a car chase, a scumbag was fleeing from uh, some police in Utah. And said scumbag uh, veered across uh, the lane of, a, I believe, a two-lane highway, and hit a semi head-on, causing the semi to burst into flames. And a very good man and thoroughly decent fellow, um, who's uh, a good friend of one of our beloved listeners, the truck driver, to be seriously injured and burned. Wow. And uh, we received a uh, a really nice note from uh, Jason, who is the esteemed mayor of Rigby, Idaho, uh, he points out, our eclipse totality was over two minutes. Missed you both deeply, he mm. says. Could have been in Rigby, if if only. But anyway, so uh, the semi-driver, his name was Bill, also happens to be, a, uh, I think, a police reserve a guy or a, um, uh, he's like a community cop in a small town. He's, he's available as needed to help. Um, and supposedly, allegedly, a really, really good guy. But anyway, and we certainly hope and pray for his quick recovery from some pretty terrible injuries. But anyway, so the Utah police are chasing this guy. And um, Bill, who was over the, the state line, apparently, in Utah driving his truck, um, was uh, caught up in it and, and terribly burned. And he is taken unconscious to um, the burn ward of uh, a major hospital in Utah. Uh, specifically University of Utah Hospital in Salt Lake City. The hospital, the area hospitals, and the police had come to an agreement based on a, a Supreme Court ruling, I think, constitutional something or other, that you cannot take a blood sample from an unconscious person without, well, you can't take it from a person without their consent or a, a court order, or a warrant, or something like that. The cops can't demand that. And for some reason, the cops were insistent on Bill, the burned, unconscious truck driver, who's completely blameless in this. This uh, detective is insistent that they draw blood from him. Why do they want his blood? I, it is utterly unclear to me. Wow. So they're they're attempting to do something that is uh, generally not... 
legal. Well, right. But, but but this isn't a clear cut of, well, we think he's the guilty party. Well, We've got to nail down whether or not he committed the crime. I see what you're driving at. Even if that were the case, you still got to have a warrant or he's under arrest or his consent. So this very nice nurse is telling this police detective, Jeff Payne, according to news accounts, explaining the policy to him. She has a higher up in the hospital on the phone. She is holding the cell phone so this detective can hear what the hospital higher up is saying. Uh, There's some of this you're going to have to listen fairly carefully for, but this is the way it unfolded. Brad, I'm just putting on speaker so you can. So I have this. It says obtaining blood samples for police enforcement from patients suspected to be under the influence. Okay, this was something that you guys agreed to with this hospital. The three things that allow us to do that are if you have an electronic warrant, patient consent, or patient under arrest. And neither of those things, the patient can't consent. He told me repeatedly that he doesn't have a warrant, and the patient is not under arrest. So I'm just trying to do the, what I'm supposed to do. That's that's all. So. Okay. So I take it without those in place, I'm not going to get blood. Is that? Uh, you're hearing Alex Wubbles, who is the nurse in question. She's the charge nurse in the burn ward currently. She's explaining to the cop why they're not going to take his blood. Am, am I fair to surmise that? Okay. I don't know. I have no idea why he's blaming me. I'm just representing. Why are you blaming the messenger, sir? She's the one that has told me no. So you've got the hospital administrator saying, why are you blaming the messenger, sir? She's not speaking for the hospital. This is the hospital's policy. She's accurately conveying it to you. Leave her alone, essentially, because things have gotten pretty tense. No. Okay. No, we're done. We're, we're done. You're under arrest. We're going. We're done. That's all I need to hear. That's all I need to hear. Forcefully apprehending her. That's all I need to hear. That guy has got to be in jail. Roughing her up, shoving her into a corner, cuffing her. It that, goes on for a that's second. That's a guy who's lost his mind. All right. Hang on. So the hospital police gather around and, and all. Everybody's trying to tell this cop, you're out of your mind. What are you doing? Uh, hustles her into the police car where she sits coughed for quite a few minutes later. Oh, uh, my released God. Without charge. Was anybody in this policeman's face saying, look, you just lost your job. You're probably going to jail. You're violating our civil rights. Where, where, where do you see this ending? I might be worried, actually, that he's got going to pull a gun or something. He's that crazy. Right. I mean, that's crazy behavior. Yeah, it really is. You know, Ben the what Libertarian, nut job. as he often does, uh, pointed out, keep an eye out for the following. How many individuals end up spending time behind bars for assaulting this woman, for doing something clearly illegal? 
How many individuals uh, lose their pensions? How many are able or encouraged to retire or quit before the investigation is complete? Right. How many end up working for different departments? Oh, that happens all the time. We know that. And I say this to the coppers, and I know a lot of you. If we live in a, a, a society where you get to commit crimes and then get out of it because you're a cop, that is going to so erode your relationship with the people. It's going to be extremely dangerous for you. You guys get held to a higher standard, not a lower standard. Was that a, last year sometime, one of your major news, was that USA Today, New York Times, that uh, pointed out that that is a very common thing. The You go and you just work in a different town or county or whatever. And for yeah, whatever reason, number. I think it's a majority of cops who get fired for cause or resign because right. they have to end up just crossing the, the, the city uh, border there and, uh, and go work at whatever the hell heights. Yes, Sean. It's it, it shows a, a mentality that a lot of people have or assume that cops have, right? That I'm the one with the badge. I get to make the laws and I need I need X. You're not doing it. I have. The, the backing of the state to put you under arrest and punish you for not giving me what I want. And to see just such a blatant example of that abuse of power is sickening. It is absolutely disgusting. And I've, uh, you know, there are plenty of great cops who I've observed doing their jobs. I've seen a lot of really bad cops. Uh, I've seen, for instance, the, the situation that got uh, Ben the Libertarian arrested a number of years ago. And, and there are some cops, particularly those who are not great at their jobs, they come in with the, I'm in charge, you're going to shut up, there's no way but my way attitude, which I get as a strategy, sometimes it works. But if somebody is 100% within their rights to say, well, wait a minute here, that's not what's happening, I have these rights, I'm going to exercise them, you've just defied their authority. And if you're the always hard-ass guy, in your mind... That means, uh-oh, they're defying my authority. This could get dangerous. And now you have your justification for uh, for physical, you know, interaction, violence, if you want to, want to strip it down. And that's the problem with the I'm a super hard-ass all the time approach to policing. You trip that trigger of, okay, this is now dangerous yourself. Now, this is this this lacks any of those subtleties. This is a guy who should not be a cop. Oh, clearly. If on your worst day you were to yell at her and say, you know, this is dangerous, blah, 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 and maybe make her cry because you're yelling at her, it's your worst day ever, you're going to get some counseling, you're going to get some retraining, I'm going to say, okay, all right, just don't do it again. Apologize to the girl, et cetera. To the woman. But to actually rough her up and arrest her when she's being completely benign and explaining to you, this is the agreed with policy with your police department. You're a danger. Detective Payne, you've got to resign and never be a cop again. I'm not cut out to do a lot of things. Well, she's going to sue him and she's going to get a lot of it. That's what I'd be thinking if I was her. Although I might have been afraid that he's so crazy, he might shoot me or something, because that guy sounds completely unhinged at that point. But I'd be thinking, I've just become a millionaire. I have just become a millionaire. I'm going to get several million dollars out of the police department out of this one. And when he comes in and he was even caught saying, I'm I'm either leaving with blood in the vials or a body in tow. One of those two things are happening. And and that's just, uh, wow. 
God, and you got to wonder, was this a one-off, or has he been doing this kind of thing? How long has he been a cop? Do we know that? Well, he's a detective, so it's got to be quite a while. It'll be a long time, likely, and uh, probably not the only time he's ever... uh... Well, it would be difficult to believe that that was a, uh, you know... The first uh, troubled incident. Yeah. Uh, he's on administrative leave. Internal investigation started within 12 hours of the incident, and we'll wait and see. <laughs> I can't even imagine what I believe the, that was a snort of derision. I can't even imagine <laughs> what the uh, mitigating factors would possibly be since we get to hear the whole conversation. Come on, forget it. You're done. All right. You're done. Get out. Wow. I'm sorry we're, we're running so late, but. Let's get the news, or what's coming up in the news? With well, the we got the Trump administration pulling the plug on DACA that kept illegals brought here as children from being deported. That's just come down. So that's breaking news. Yes, and Tesla founder Elon Musk is predicting World War III. Stories coming up minutes from now. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. I might Elon, agree with Elon, stay in your lane. We got to Make get- hypertubes, no gas cars, robots, whatever you want, but stay out of the news. Date really, really young chicks? Right. That his thing also? I, I don't know. I thought, I thought How young? Like, yeah. like underage? Or? <laughs> no, 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 no. What are you no, alleging? No. What are you no. alleging? Oh, jeez. No, he was dating uh, Amber Heard, the, the one who just uh, divorced Johnny Depp. Uh, she is yeah, age good 31. Good catch. <sighs> um, uh, we'll get into all this coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. What's a sapiosexual? What's zombieing? We need to know these things if we're going to operate in the modern world. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Now news with Marshall Phillips. Well, the Trump administration is going to be phasing out the deferred action for childhood arrivals immigration policy. The program known as DACA that was effectuated under the Obama administration is being rescinded. At a news conference just minutes ago, the Attorney General Jeff Sessions said the Trump administration is going to give a six-month grace period meant to give Congress time to act on the matter, something Sessions pointed out. Congress should carefully and thoughtfully pursue the types of reforms that are right for the American people. Our nation is comprised of good and decent people who want their government's leaders to fulfill their promises and advance an immigration policy that serves the national interest. This morning, Donald Trump had tweeted, Congress, get ready to do your job, DACA! Exclamation points. Oh, that's pretty clear. That was a program created... Let's not have a tennis match of when each administration comes in, they they, they sign these so-called executive actions that fundamentally change what the law is. Write a damn law, Congress. People have worried about this uh, growing use of the executive order with presidents, and it's been growing quickly the last many administrations. I think it's going to work itself out, maybe as of today, where every president realizes, you know, I don't really accomplish that much. If I don't work this through Congress, it doesn't have any lasting power. So I guess there's no point. I'm I'm hoping that that will be the result. If you're playing the political game day by day, though, it does uh, shore up your base. And if you're president for eight years, that's a long time to have something in place. Yep. Billionaire innovator Elon Musk is worried about World War III. The SpaceX and Tesla CEO took to Twitter to share his concerns, not because of North Korea's most recent nuclear test or anything like that. Instead, Musk says artificial intelligence could lead to a doomsday scenario for humanity. He tweeted North Korea, quote, 
should be low on our list of concerns for uh, existential risk. On the other hand, AI and competition for AI superiority was the most likely cause of World War III. Saying countries will take AI technology from companies at the point of a gun if necessary. It is so important. Or North Korea blows up the world with H-bombs, and we're back to, as the uh, famous saying is, I don't know how World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be fought with rocks and sticks. Right. I mean, we might be back yeah. there. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's funny. I wasn't picturing what he's talking about. People, like, wars for AI? Is that what he's talking about? And the quest to get AI superiority because of right. Vladimir Putin just pointed out uh, last week, I think it was, that the country who controls artificial intelligence will rule the world. Wow. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Yeah. See, what I'm picturing is, you remember when was that giant stock meltdown? Oh, yeah. That was all c- caused by computers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, artificial stock trading intelligence. Right. Got out of control in ways that nobody had anticipated. And if that ends up being bombs and not stocks, right. see, that's my concern. About artificial intelligence and WW Trey. And I disparaged the man's dating hat habits, Elon Musk. What do we know, Sean? Uh, he, Elon Musk is the age of uh, 46. He was most recently romantically linked to Amber Heard, age 31. I thought he had some other thing going, like before that or after that, establishing a pattern of some craziness. Mm. 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 That's what cool. is it? It's half your age plus seven. Right. Is that what they say? According to is various internet realm sites, yeah, that's the rule of thumb. Yeah. So how old is he? Uh, Forty-six. So he's the, fine then. All right. Yeah. yeah. Twenty-eight plus. Oh, please. Yes. Please. She's a little old, frankly. Thirty-one. Who wants to pick up Johnny Depp's uh, ex-wife? I've heard the vid- the the recordings. That does, doesn't sound like a good direction to go. Check the videos. Might change your opinion. <laughs> Okay. There you go. That's a that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. She's a firecracker. Well, she's dealing with an angry drunk. That's true. That's true. Yeah. She'll be different with me, he's thinking. Well, try to avoid being Johnny Depp. Maybe he's a sapiosexual. All right. Maybe he's zombied her. I don't think there's any avoiding it, folks. I think we're about to hear about that next. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Second grader opened up a jokesmith booth in our house. Wow. He says he says he's a jokesmith. Huh. And uh, he wanted to make some money, so he opened he got a big cardboard box and he has a chair that he sits behind there and he just sits there reading books all day long while he's open waiting for customers to come by. Right. And he's got a box there you put money in and he's got a hat that says the jokesmith. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a sign that says So there's no confusion, yeah. Jokes or funny things. Uh-huh. Um Please give some money. So if I walk by and I put a nickel in there or something like that, he'll either tell a joke or do something funny Ah, to try to make money. Wow. And he's got signs around the house that say open or closed. He gets the first thing when he got up in the morning, all three days, say, I got to go to work. And he'd go around the house and put all his open signs up and then put on his hat and go sit at the jokesmith shop, <laughs> wait for customers to come wow. by. So I, if I bring him like my latest sitcom script, he'll <laughs> punch it up for me? Have you noticed a, a, an increase or a difference mm. in the sort of jokes yes. depending on how much money you give? Uh, no. No, because okay. he doesn't fully understand currency yet, which okay. worked out fine because that's one thing they're learning in school right now. So we worked oh. on what a quarter is versus a nickel versus a penny, that sort of stuff, because he was really into the number of. And I was explaining to him that three pennies is not better to get than than a quarter. But um, Wait, what? Yeah, what I did notice was <laughs> the the jokes and funny things were much better earlier than the weekend. 
Toward oh. the end of the weekend, they were starting to get a little... Yeah. <laughs> kind of having to force the laughter. It's getting back to the uh, B and C material. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Lot of lot of toot and uh, poop related jokes. Classics. Oh. He works blue, huh? Fun, funny ten thousand years ago. Funny now. And he had my wife doing it for a while. She he gave her a sign. He said, "I want to hire you as an employee. I want you to stand over here." And I thought, "Huh? Oh, you hire a hot chick? Stand there with a the sign, get some attention." Ah, Not marketing director. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So uh, a, a philosophy professor came up with the term amatonormativity. Mm. Um, which is a term that describes the assumption that every single person wants to be in a monogamous romantic relationship and would automatically be better off in one. Ah. So if you are, uh, if you're one of those people that think that, then it's you the are... It's the oppression of an activity. Yeah, that's normativity. if I am, like, making the assumption that Sean would be better off if he were in a monogamous relationship than living the freewheeling lifestyle he's got. Don't anima fertility me. <laughs> right. What's the word? And that I shouldn't do that. And whenever I do do that, you should say, stop being so normative. normative. Yeah. Uh, a philosophy professor came up with that. Mm. Uh, there's also this phrase. He defines you nice, girl. Called benching. This is what happens when, as New York Magazine said, someone puts a romantic prospect on the roster but is not in play. They bench you by agreeing to a date only to reschedule maybe even several times. They're keeping their options open and are probably dating multiple people at once. I see. I have had that done to me. I've never done it to anybody else, but I've had that done to me, and it took me a while to catch on. Because, like, we'd make plans for Thursday, and then they'd have to cancel. It happened a couple times in Ron Rose. Oh, you want to have something on Thursday. If something better than me comes along... Then you will do that. And right. Starter blows out a knee or something. Apparently something better, th- better than me came along all the time. Uh-huh. Breadcrumbing. Similar to benching, there's more communication than actual in-person interaction. But you get bread. <laughs> uh, breadcrumbing is when someone sends a consistent stream of complimentary texts and, uh, and, and we should do this, but it never turns into anything. It's just kind of leading you along, keeping you in, keeping you in play. Wow. So it's, it's like uh, benching, but you're not even on the bench. You're a free agent. And you're calling the agent and saying, hey, I think we got a space here for uh, Jones. Let's talk again Tuesday. There, yeah. There is no more frustrating place to be in the, in the dating realm than in between the yes and the no. Right? And they, I think I, I, I get the sense that women do this a lot where they, they try to not be mean. So they don't want to tell guys yeah. no. Yeah, you're better off being mean. No, because it, it's be not cruel mean. To be that's kind. that's yeah. the second best answer to would you like to go out on a date is no. That's mm-hmm. the second best answer. The absolute right. worst you're thing is right. the bread crumbing or the benching or any of that. God, I always remember one time I I, 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 I I kind of asked this girl out. I had concert tickets and this thing fell through and I asked her if she'd want to go. And she gave me this answer. I I. I couldn't. It was just a word salad. I didn't know how to respond to about how I'll be your. Uh, yeah, I could. I could, I will be your backup if the if you. And I, at the end of it, I just I took that as a you don't want to go. You know, I have a feeling it would have been better if she'd said well, nah. You're probably right. Uh, we should have a worldwide man congress. Although I think women ought to be invited too because it goes both ways. I'm sure there are guys who do this. A worldwide decision, and then a PR campaign maybe means no. You get a maybe, that's no. Out! You're yeah, out! Yeah. Let's just decide that. When is a maybe turned into yes? Here come the emails. I had to ask her out 37 About times. The third captain and Coke. And we've been... <laughs> awesome! Uh, ship is short for relationship, and now everybody says, oh, I ship Ron. 
and he ships me. Uh, I don't know if anybody's actually using that term. Teenagers do. Very my much my on... kid does it, and it makes me crazy. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it actually is happening. Youngsters when... with their new lingo. Use the old lingo by Cracky. Like when there's two characters on a TV show, and they want them to get together. They're like, yeah, I ship these two people. Like, they want them to get together. Okay. That's very much a thing. Because that's uh, mini, 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 notorious. <laughs> yes. A sapiosexual is a person who finds someone's intellect to be the sexiest thing about them. Mm. And apparently, according to OK Cupid, that's a... An actual sexual orientation where you're turned on by people's intellect and mm. not anything else. There's some of the women's we interview that I'm in love with their intellect, but gotcha. I don't act on it. So that makes me what? I don't know. Civilized. Flaccid. Thank you. Flaccid. Oh, civilized. I liked his better. Okay. <laughs> you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.